This is episode 207, Unapologetically Abundant with Petia Kolibova. It's beautiful. It works. When you work on the relationship, it works. So I write down the appreciation letter to money. When I started, it was forgiveness letter to money because I was ignoring it and I was really treating it like a booty call. Now I want you. Now I don't want you. Now I need you. Now I don't need you. And I was treating it as a stranger instead of like someone I love and care and respect. Because when we treat money as the thing, how do you think it feels? Because if Mm. everything is energy, it all comes around. So are you treating money the way you want to be treated? Two years ago, I didn't. I wouldn't want that. So I started to treat the money how I want to be treated. I write it leather every single week. I write down the abundance of the week. I have a, it's not here, it's in my kitchen. But I have like just a simple wall calendar. And every single day, I write down there the income that comes. Sometimes it's daily, sometimes it's bi-daily. But I write all the income and then I sum it up in the week when I have my date and I say, thank you for the abundance of this week. Mm. And I write it all down. This is the dance of life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Happy Friday, wherever you happen to be. Maya Angelou starting us off today. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Such a classic quote about remembering the impact of our actions. And especially, I think, for today, it is about remembering the impact on ourselves. You know, today we're talking about being unapologetically abundant and especially in our quest to be more prosperous, more abundant, more successful. I think the things that we say to ourselves and how we make ourselves feel uh, is so critical. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, self-worth. My inspiring guest today is Betia Kolibova. She is a women's transformation coach who helps women who have pushed been pushed down and been playing a small game due to toxic relationships or unhealed childhood trauma. She helps them create a life that is true to them and to their own soul purpose. Her mission is to help women who are on the path to healing from past wounds move through their limiting beliefs and internal blocks so they can finally do what they want to do, what feels good to them, and to serve other women in a powerful way. Petya also works with entrepreneurs by pairing feminine flow with strategic planning to provide immense clarity and the exact steps for transitioning from a side hustler to a CEO. If you want to stay in touch with Petya, you can check her out at Petya, that's P-E-T-I-A, Kolibova is spelled K-O-L-I-B-O-V-A dot com or Petya Kolibova at uh, Instagram. And she has a special offer for people who want to check out and get a soulmate client session. Basically, it's a program you can 
download some information at her. I'm going to put all these links in the show notes for this episode. So the link is, it's complicated to spell out. So I'm just going to put it on the show notes. If you want, just danceoflife.com slash podcast. This is episode 207. Uh, so you'll be able to access all that stuff. But she has a link there for uh, attracting your soulmate clients. Really neat little program. You can go check it out. And today we're talking about being unapologetically abundant. Petty and I are going to sit down and chat about her own life journey, conquering an eating disorder and low self-esteem, and now she's a successful entrepreneur and coach. We also chat about what it takes to create self-worth, why it's important for your pocketbook, and how other things like a healthy body and healthy relationships all tie into your own sense of self-worth. If you know anybody struggling with self-worth or if this rings true to you, certainly did for me, you know, self-worth was one of my biggest challenges and, and being, uh, feeling like I'm worthy, feeling like I deserve what I want and need in life. You know, this was a big challenge, I think, for everybody. So if this rings true to you, make sure you share it, you know, send it to your, somebody in your life that you care about today. And I'm super excited to share these golden nuggets with you. Here we go. Let's be unapologetically abundant with Petia Kolibova. So what does unapologetically abundant mean to you? You've got a lot of unapologetically worthy, unapologetically abundant. What does that mean to you? How did you You did your homework? I love that. I I do. I try. (laughs) It was like I was stacking you before we hang out here. I stalk everybody pretty in depth, 007 style. I love it. I love it. And I love the question, you know, um, most of my life, um, and I don't know how much like back deep, did you deep, but I'm coming from like, you know, living in a small town, physically, mentally abused, eating disorder, attempt of suicide, depression, anxiety, all these things that many people live in like a milder version for their whole life and overcoming people pleasing, all of these things. And when people look at me now, they're like, yeah, of course you have it easy. You're young. Of course you have it easy. You have, you know, you're pretty, you have it easy. You live in the United States, all of these things. Well, they don't look back what I overcame. And uh, what I really realized as we're going through our journey, we have these like aha moments, realizations, hopefully growth, right? Like we grow, we don't repeat the same mistakes over and over again, which I believe Einstein call insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over, over again and expecting different results. So hopefully we learn. But one of my biggest aha moment was around a little bit three years ago. And that's what led me to the unapologetic because I realized that even though I was investing in myself, I was growing, my life was getting better. I was still not feeling fulfilled. I I was checking all the marks, you know, of achievements and I still didn't feel good. I was doing all the right things and it didn't feel right. And in the moment that I was working with my mentor and he helped me realize my core values and who I am when I'm not everything for everyone, right? Like I said, recovering people pleaser here. Um, I realized that I wasn't living life that was true to me. I was living life through the expectations of others, who I think I should be to be the good daughter, to be the good girlfriend, to be the good wife, happily divorced now, um, to be the good person in this world. So I deserve 
to be loved. So I deserve the peace on this planet, right? And I realized that when I look at my core values and the life I was living, it was complete mismatch. So no wonder I wasn't feeling fulfilled because I was not living a life true to me. So in that moment, I realized that something gets a change, that something is me. And when I change and I become me, unapologetically me, and being unapologetic doesn't mean that you don't care. It doesn't mean that you're mean or arrogant. I care way too much. That's why I really get to be unapologetic. So I have energy, time, and space to invest it in the things that matter to me instead of trying to please everyone around me. And when I became unapologetic, believe it or not, the true abundance and prosperity came into my life. That's why anything I'm creating now, it's unapologetic because it's true to you. What, I mean, I love that because I think so many people struggle with self-worth and particularly not really being aligned with their values, right? And sort of, like you said, people pleasing or putting other people's, I heard this good quote. It was like, how to tell the difference between being selfish and having self-respect. And it was somebody who's has self-respect puts their needs over the wants of others. Somebody who is selfish puts their wants over the needs of others. So, wow. you know, I think, I, I think that's a good one, but it, a lot of people struggle with, cause you, you brought up values. A lot of people struggle with maintaining their own values in the light of what other people want of themselves. Yep. Right. So in your case, what did you think was when you found all this out, what was the value that you weren't respecting the most? So um, let me share with you this exercise because it's super simple. Anyone can do it. And I would, I would really invite you to do that. Even if you've done these exercises before, the thing is that every single day we wake up as a different person, right? Depending on what we heard, what we said, what we listened, who we spoke to, you're a different person. So I would really invite you to do it. Take a, a big piece of paper, divide it into. And on one side, write down what you don't stand for. I don't like the word hate, but it would be similar to that. What is like a no-no in your life, what you don't stand for. And on the other side, you will write down the opposite. What do you do stand for? So for example, you will say, I don't stand for hate. I stand for love. I don't stand for being cheap. I stand for generosity. And these things, you know, I don't stand for cheating. I stand for loyalty. And you will go back and forth 20 times on each side. Then you will take a colored pencil or highlighter. Our brain loves colors, so we remember and learn better. Let's take us back to school, right? Getting <laughs> so, in touch with the inner child. <laughs> oh, that's another work that I'm doing. We can go there if you want. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great. So um, you will take the colored pencil or highlighter, and now you choose from the side what you do stand for, Three things, and those are your non-negotiables. That's something that you truly want and need in your life. So for me, when I did it, my core values were loyalty, generosity, integrity, and growth. Of course, I was overachiever. Overachiever. I did 30, yeah, of course. (laughs) I did 30 and I did four of them, but it's, it's more than enough when you have 20 and choose three. So when I look at those, loyalty, integrity, generosity, and growth, like growth mindset, growing, elevating your life, I look at my past relationship, I look at my business, I look at my clients, and none of it was really aligned. Mm. 
So no wonder I felt disconnected and frustrated. And no matter how much hard work I did, because um, I know, you know, Will Smith, and he said the famous quote, like, when we are both on the treadmill, I would first die than you outworking me. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is so cool. You know, there was like a white Will Smith in Petya's body, right? Like you cannot outwork me first in the office, last leaving, working on the weekends, always working. I had like three side hustles. It's just, it burned me out mentally and physically. And that's when you're out of alignment because you are doing things that you think you should or even the things you think you could. Because when I had my first business, social media marketing, I was doing things I was good at. I was good in relationship. I was good in sales, but sales like with soul, not like, hey, buy my product. Yeah. It was build a relationship and then people find out about you. So I was doing that in my corporate. Like, and I had to take a harsh inventory in my life. Left the relationship. Like I said, happily divorced now. Um, and uh, left my business. It was scary because I was good in that. And very often we settle on things we're good at because it brings us sense of safety, security. Yeah. And many of us grow up thinking I'm not good enough. So when you can grasp something that makes you feel like, oh, now I'm finally good in something, I gotta stick with it because if not, what if I fail? What if I try something else? So this is not like, oh, amazing, but it's good enough. So let me stay in this zone of good enough. And again, we are limiting ourselves and settling. So when I take this inventory of my life, I changed everything. And it was back then when I was able to do my podcast, build my um, women's transformational business, hosting When We Can Travel International Retreat. I, I co-host that Bali retreat. Yeah, I was going to say, you went to Bali. One of my friends does a retreat in, in Bali. And like, what's man, that looks... Uh, God, what's his name now? Wow, totally. That's a totally gap on my part. Um, <laughs> You're on the spot. That's okay. His it's- company's called American Wonderlove. His name is... Uh, I'm going to look it up right now. No. Look it up. That's okay. You can send it to me later. Scotty. But... Scotty King. That's okay. what his name is. Scotty yeah. and Leslie, but they do retreats there like I think every year. Obviously not now, but. Uh, yeah, that's what we were planning. We were supposed <laughs> to be now two months in Europe and then two months in Bali and host retreat in October, you know, yeah, and I was that'd be supposed nice. to host a live woman's um like an event i hosted it last year meant for more yeah and we gotta put pause on it too so it's it's amazing you know like you just pivot in life <laughs> you know you you write about like how louise hay changed your life i'm curious about that specifically like how did you find her and what was the thing that really did it for you with yeah. louise hay it's Louise Hay, she's, I feel like she was such an earth angel, right? Um, She gives so many people hope. And the way I found her, so I was struggling with eating disorder for 18 years, hating my body, hating myself, not feeling good enough. Like anorexia, bulimia? Bulimia, bulimia from when I was 11 years old. Yeah. So it was getting into a point that I was feeling so exhausted mentally and physically 
that I just couldn't function. Like on the outside, everything looked great. You know, I was competing, doing fitness competitions, you know, and on the outside, everything looked great. But on the inside, I was dying because what nobody knew, what was really going on, not only inside of me, but also behind a closed door. Because every night I would just lock myself in the room, binge and purge on the food, just to feel something, just to, because I felt so much emptiness and loneliness inside of me that food was so easy to reach to and fill me up in the moment. And then there is a guilt, there is the shame, nobody, like that was, oh my gosh, 10 years ago, you know, and, and I, it wasn't as open to talk about it as it is now. You cannot go yeah. and talk about it or find influencers on Instagram. So what I did back then was, um, after one of these affairs, when I find myself crying on the floor because I was so exhausted and I just didn't know how to stop this, I was looking online, like how to be positive, how to stop suicidal thoughts, because that's what was coming up for me again. When I was 18, I attempted of suicide. And when I was around 28, it was coming up again. Like if this is life, I don't want it. I don't want to live like this. So I started to look online on YouTube and Google and um, how to how to feel better, how to overcome eating disorder, how to feel positive. And I found one of the videos um, from Louise Hay. And as I was listening to it, I was still sitting on the floor looking at my computer. Um, and she said one of her famous quotes, go to the mirror and say, I love you. I didn't even like lift my booty up because I didn't. I didn't even like myself. And that was the moment that I kind of realized that I want people to like me. I want people to approve of me. I want people to validate me, but I don't give it to myself. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like a starting point. And in that point, my inner critic, my mind was so critical of me that I basically started to brainwash myself listening um, YouTube videos, Louise Hayne, Wayne Dyer, Joe Dispenza, like all of the Hay House, I believe they're life changers. So I was listening to them, Gabby Bernstein, reading the books, just so I can put something different in my mind than what was going on, because I was coming from such a scarcity. I'm not enough, there is not enough time, I have to be working really hard, and I would rather be surrounded by many people than being by myself and alone which now I love so much <laughs> oh I'm I'm totally a loner I mean introverts all the way man <laughs> yep I I just felt back then that I couldn't be with myself because when I'm alone I would go into my binging or I would feel lonely but now I am such a I'm extroverted introvert when I'm with my people I'm good I feel safe I feel yeah. You know, very good, but then I need my space. Like I have like two complete days off, no technology on Saturdays in nature. I don't want to see anyone, hear anyone. I just, I got to recharge. And even I noticed like, I love interviews. I love it so much. But then in the end of the day, I feel exhausted because I've been pouring my yeah. energy all day out. So when I have that, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, especially if you relate to people really, really easily, you you are very empathic. You feel their emotions. You know, you give a lot, and you try. And by the time you're just like, oh my god, okay, I'm I'm done. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And and it's um, it's amazing. Like instead of feeling guilty, like oh, I should um, I should be surrounded by people. I should be talking to people. When you know that you're empath, when you know that you can feel other people's emotion, and I don't know if 
you know anything about human design. I love human design. And uh, so my head is also open. We have different centers, like, you know, um, chakras. We have seven yeah. chakras. In human design, there are nine centers. Mm. So my head is open, which means that not only I can feel other people's feelings because my heart center is open, I can also like hear other people's thoughts or feel other people's thoughts. So when I'm around you, I, I can tell what you're thinking about. And it's not like I read your mind, but it just comes to my mind or I think of something and my boyfriend says it because he has an open mind too. So I get such overwhelm in the end of the day. That yeah. You see like pictures or thoughts and you just get vibes of certain things. Yeah. Yeah. So I really need to disconnect, but when we can come from it from instead of like judgment coming from curiosity and respecting ourselves, it's a life changer. You know, I think more people need to spend more. I mean, now with this coronavirus thing, people are actually spending time on their own, which is uh, pretty unique. I mean, most of the time, everybody's so caught up in the momentum of moving, moving to the next thing. Uh, but I think that spending time on your own is so important for growth, right? For growth, spiritual development, self-worth, you know, doing all these different things that kind of doing the internal work but most people don't spend too much time on their own either because maybe they're afraid mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever else. And I also mean, the, oh, the inner critic, you know, just think about it. Very often we, we keep ourselves busy, but we are not moving forward. And that's the thing, like that's the hamster wheel, you know, like you keep going, 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 but you are doing everything, all the right things you think you should be doing, but it's not for you and it's not about you. Yeah, you're spinning in circles. You're not moving in a spiral. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly you mentioned uh you know the the mirror work which i really love i think mirror work is very underutilized it's such a powerful way to relate to yourself and develop self-love and in your in your practice of it when you started doing it what do you think was the hardest part to love about yourself what was your biggest challenge that's such a that's such a great question um i feel that when i started my journey i was coming from very external world you know like fitness, diets, appearances, all of that was very external. So I was focusing on the way I looked, right? That was when I started. But then when I learned to accept who I am, like how I look, like I accepted and we can always better it, but it's okay now. Then I was able to pass that external and focus on the internal. So then I got to forgive myself. That was the hardest part. Like I also do, you know, forgiveness, um, forgiveness work with my clients. And very often they think they need to forgive their parents or their partners or their bosses, whoever it is. But that's the easy part. Forgiving mm-hmm. yourself, it's the hard part. Yeah. Because we are responsible. We created this. We we say yes to this. And if you believe it or not, I believe we pick our parents before we even came here. I do, yeah. Because we need it for our journey. And I always tell my clients, and it's something that I used to repeat myself when I was on my journey, you are perfectly made for your purpose. When you realize it, it's like this big click and aha moment, everything about you, the way you think, the way you act, the way you look, our accents, everything, it's perfectly made for us, for the purpose that we came here to fulfill. And I don't know about you, but on my journey, I was like, why am I here? Like, what am I supposed to do? What is that big, huge purpose, right, in my life? 
what I realized throughout my journey that your purpose here on this earth, it's to be you. That's your purpose. Just think about it. It might sound simple, but if you truly embody who you came to here to be, then you will live the things that are meant for you. And when you live things that are meant for you, you're living your purpose. We're overcomplicating it, overanalyzing. I have to do something big. I have to change the world. Well, how about we start with you? Because I can tell you when I change everything around me changed. Some people left, some people came, some people changed, some people grown with me. I tried to change my mom for 10 years. Do this, don't Good do luck. this. <laughs> she did. When, oh, she I, did? when I surrendered, when I let mm. go of trying to change her, when I was telling her what to do, she was resisting. When I embodied those changes, she started to do those. Now she has affirmations on her mirror with her lipsticks. Now oh, she's journaling. She's reading <laughs> Abraham Hicks, Tony Robbins, Joe Dispenza, Wayne Dyer. One day I, I call her and she's like, so did you know how I am statement? It's powerful. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Can you explain me a little bit more about the inner child healing? So how do I like actually like do, how do I like talk to her? Wow. And I was in shock. This is not like, hey, like, you know, I got a new journal. This is like really things. And she changed when I surrender the trying to change her. Mm. That's something that I always tell my clients. You came here to be the lighthouse. You came here to stand steady, to shine your light unapologetically, brightly, And the boats, they're ready to come and join you and come back home to the harbor will come. And they will be so happy that you're shining so bright because they can see. Other boats, other people choose to stay in the darkness, on the wilderness of the sea. And it's okay. You're not responsible for them. If they want to come, if they're ready, they can. But you cannot stop shining or go to the ocean to save them. And that's what we are trying to do so often as human beings. You start on your journey, you start to feel better and you're like, oh my gosh, now I get to save people. Now I get to go and pour them out of the water. No, no, that's not your job. Your job to be is to be unapologetically you and really shine unapologetically because those who are ready will join you and who, who are not, it's none of your business. You didn't came here to be the big old God and save everybody. You came here to be you. You know, it's, it's so funny because I always tell the same thing to people that I work with that your gifts or your wounds are your greatest gifts. Yes. You know, yes. it's like, it's kind of like a, like a key. You know, when you, when you make a key, you take a template and you have to carve into it certain ups and downs, right? For it to actually work and open a door. So, we all have these ups and downs in our life. It's kind of, you know, you chose them. Like you said, I, I believe the same thing. I think you kind of choose the adventure before you, <laughs> yeah. before you pop the pill and you join the video game. But uh, I mean, it's, it's your wounds, are your greatest gifts. And I think, you know, most people don't realize the value of their shadow and their childhood traumas in helping them find their life purpose or mm-hmm. find, um, like you said, like just their alignment with what they need to do. What, what has been your experience in helping people? 
how do you help people see that? How do you help people see that, hey, listen, your particular, you know, wounds that you went through, whatever it was, you know, those are actually very beneficial for helping you find your own life purpose here. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you tell somebody that? Especially when they're in the mode of like, you know what? You don't know me. You don't know my life story. I've been, you know, I've had so many problems, you know, I had this and this and this. And it's like, they, they kind of almost have these badges of honor. You know, for- yeah. It's so fascinating. I love that question and I'm going to get to it, but it's, it's so fascinating because I don't even attract people like that. Mm. I truly believe that our vibe attracts our tribe and the energy. Yeah. So I don't even get toxic people anymore. My last toxic person to take care of was my mom, which we're good now. <laughs> so um I don't attract negative toxic people in my life yeah. or even if they would be around maybe I wouldn't even notice them I don't pay attention to it yeah. and so I don't know I don't attract people and clients like that clients they come to me they know they're meant for more and they want to live that more and embody that more so to discover their more to discover their purpose and to use their um to use their gifts, their wounds, their pain, I always take them back. Because what happens, very often women come to me and they're like, well, I want to build a business. I want to work for myself. I want the freedom. I want the money. I want to attract the love of my life. And that's what they think they really want. And they are like, I'm coming here and I want to go there. And I will take them there. But I cannot take them there if we don't go back first. Mm. that's the thing because um when we were hosting our bali retreat we did inner child healing i do hypnosis nlp meditations um like some of the modalities that i use with my clients and um when i was talking with one of our participants she was like well my child was was okay it was okay there's nothing i don't remember i don't remember my childhood i'm like well if you don't remember there is something you don't want to remember yeah And I like using this analogy of, you know how they put like in these old like horror movies, this like old house in the end of the street, kids don't want to even pass by it. Everybody in the background. (laughs) Yes. Nobody wants to go inside. So now imagine that something in that house, there is a room, there's something that you truly need to pick up. It's for you and you, you really need it for your life. When you go to this house, you go so scared. You're afraid for your life. It's unknown. It's very scary, very uncomfortable. Like you have goosebumps all the way and you're feeling really scared. But you go to the room, you pick up the thing that you need. You run away most likely, but you're like, okay, I survived. It's okay. There was nothing. There was, it's just the old house. It's scary. It's uncomfortable, but it's just the old house. So you look there, you know, there's not a big deal. Nobody cut your head, right? You're still alive. So if you get to go back to this house again and back to this room, it's not so scary anymore. It might be uncomfortable. It might be painful, but it's not, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? So the same, it's me taking my clients to the past I do different exercises with them, journaling, questioning, like I said, um, hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, where I give them reflection questions because they really get to go back. And with this client, we, we realized, of course, there were things that she didn't want to remember from her childhood. And it's very important because you cannot go there if something is weighing you really heavily down and you think you don't remember it, but it's still inside of you that you're ignoring it or your brain is trying to protect you because it was painful back then when you were a child and didn't understood it. It's, you got to bring it on the light. And then it's just kind of reproduced too. I mean, you, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's these little insanity circles that you mentioned earlier. It's like, we have these things that, 
keep coming up in, in everything that we do without even realizing it unconsciously because we haven't worked on it. Exactly. It's crazy. It's really crazy if you think about it. I mean, how much shit that we do that's just like unconscious, you know, from, from just childhood. <laughs> I was Multiple actually, things. My, my, one of my best friends, I've known him for like 30 years. It just came to my mind now. He has two daughters. He just had another daughter and one of them I think is like a year old already and, or two years. And he told me the other day we had lunch. I haven't seen him for a while. And he, he said, you know, uh, Cecilia, that's his daughter's name. You know, she knows how to ask for food now. <laughs> like she, she climbed up her little, she climbs up her little whatever stool that she sits on. She puts her thing on and then she has her little word for food that she says. And it's like at, our, at two years old, she already knows how to manipulate somebody else's behavior for her own benefit. If you think about it, it's not like a bad thing, but it's just like, we, we come up with all these little programs in our mind from such a young age. And it's like, by the time you're five, six, seven, eight years old, most of that stuff is so hardwired that, you know, it drives you for years and years and years and years and years. It's just crazy. It just blows Absolutely. my mind. And that's something that uh, we really get to look at, you know, the stories that we used to tell ourselves and which stories we are still living. Like when I look back and I did my, you know, shadow work and inner child work and all the inner work, right? That it's never ending because once you think you clear up and you shed the layers, there's more to come. It's like, hello, (laughs) we missed you. And I realized that the story I was telling myself when I'm like unlovable and unworthy and I have to be doing things to deserve love is because when I was around like eight, seven, eight years old, um, every Saturday we would be cleaning up our house. And my brother was very little back then. So my, my mom and my dad were watching cartoons with him and I was the one cleaning. And it felt so unfair. Like I felt so unloved because they're as a family there and I'm cleaning the floor, right? So imagine at seven years old, I decided I'm unlovable and I have to be doing things. And that's exactly what I was doing almost three decades later. Three decades, it took me to realize why am I doing the things that I'm doing? And again, I have to go back. I have to go back. Why did I believe I'm unlovable and unworthy? And like you said, it's crazy because at seven years old, I decided it. And then I was looking for evidence of that toxic relationship, you know, abusing my body, not feeling good enough and all these things. And it took me a decade to be where I am and who I am now, but I couldn't be who I am now if I wouldn't look and reconnect that to the past. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I went through some similar stuff too. And it's just like, you look back, you're like, wow, this is the, this thing that happened when I was five years old or this is the reason why I'm, you know, tormented as a 30 something year old. It's like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not, it's really not about what happened. Yeah. It's not about what, it's the meaning you give it. Yeah, exactly. And me being told that I have to be cleaning, it's not as bad as some really huge traumas that some of my clients experienced of like, yeah. you know, abuse. And it's, it's, I can't even imagine, right? But the meaning we give it, that's what drives us. It's not what happened because now one of the works that I do with my clients when we discover a story and it might not be even the core root story, but when we discover story, we look at the story, we ask what meaning we gave it. And then I ask, is that still truth? Mm. Is that still true that you have to be doing things to be loved? 
is it still true that you have to be people pleasing to be to be like seeing as worthy no okay what is your new truth now hmm. you get to create the new truth and look for the evidence for that because we both know it our brain it's always going to look for the evidence of what we are telling it it's so look for the evidence mm-hmm. yep and the same goes with everything in your life. You know, like I was coming from scarcity of not being enough and exactly this I was wiring in my relationship with money. No matter how much hard work I did, no matter how much money I made, I was so fast spending it. I made 10K, I would spend 15K. I would make 2K, I would spend 3K. It's like, you know, disappearing because I was feeling unworthy. So that's another thing that I get to work on because now, okay, I'm feeling worthy. Now I'm healing my, my past. Now I'm feeling better, right? Well, now I don't know how to, how to manage money, how to hold on to money. And if I want to grow and impact more people, I get to learn that. So that's what I did the past two years, really focusing on abundance and, and money mindset because I want more good people to have great money because we can do so many great things. Like I'm retiring my mom. I'm sending groceries to my grandma like three times a month. I don't think she would ever invest so much in groceries. You know, like the our grandmas, they're like saving every penny and everything. And I have a team of 11 people in my business. So I wouldn't be able to do that if I wouldn't learn to have a like relationship with money and that's not something we are taught we're not taught how to have relationship with ourselves forget it money how do you stay i mean uh in that abundant mindset like what do you do personally every day because there's certain things and you can also answer this question too like what is your trigger i mean everybody has different triggers for scarcity but where do you find triggers you today into scarcity and then how do you keep you know how do you come back to the center you know when when that does happen um, it's it's interesting. So I have a daily rituals that help me to stay in that abundance and the flow and prosperity. And then I have a weekly ritual. So I will share mm. both. I think that my biggest trigger is uh, being rushed. Mm. Because when I'm rushed, I feel that there is not enough time. There yeah. is not enough um, space. I'm not enough. It all comes back not enough. And that's scarcity. And also a trigger, it's um, comparing, right? Mm. Not staying in your own line, not seeing yourself as the uh, unique being that you came here to be and looking at others. Like my coach, my business coach, she's making 100K a month. Wow. Yep. And I'm like, well, that's why I hired her, right? I want to be like her. But then we're comparing, you know, each other. I made yeah. 34K last month yeah. and I'm like, well, now I just got to do three times more. So I'm like her. But uh, And when you make were... 100K, there'll be somebody that's making a million. Exactly. <laughs> so it's really not about the money. I am. Yeah. I learned to be so appreciative of what I have and what I'm creating. So my yeah. daily ritual, my non-negotiable to create the abundance, to create the spaciousness, to feel worthy and to feel enough is having a slow morning routine. I usually don't work before 11 a.m. And I know mm. that there are people who are working nine to five and I get that, been there. I did nine to five, two side hustles. I was personal trainer, social media marketer. I had my own agency and I was getting my bachelor's and my MBA. So, yeah, I know that's crazy. I like, yeah. So that's, 
wherever you are, you can create a space. You don't have to have morning routine like one hour or two as I have, but 15 minutes will give you the space of feeling enough. Because what I used to do, wake up in the morning, grab my phone, look at my computer, look at the emails, you know, and just reacting to the world instead Mm of I'm the queen or I'm the king and I will take it slow. Even if you just enjoy sipping slowly your morning tea or coffee, whatever it is, like enjoy that, be present. Even when you're making your coffee, when you're making your breakfast, when you're brushing your teeth, be wherever you are. That is going to make you feel present. When you're feeling present, it's a present. It's a gift. You're feeling abundant already because you're feeling I'm worth it. It's crazy how much that exhausts you in the morning. I mean, I can totally relate. Like my morning routine is super slow and I, I've actually personally struggled with putting barriers of like saying, no, I'm not going to work <laughs> in this particular time because it's like, it's so easy, like you said, to just jump into the oh shit mode and here we go. And like, you know, yep. just a hundred miles an hour. But by the time the afternoon comes along, you're exhausted if you yep. start the day like that, you know, so yeah. you have to be like a diesel truck, slow to warm up and then just consistent, you know. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> the you... thing is that you are so much more productive when you create a space, when you create yeah. pauses, when you take it slow, because when you're going you go, creatively, I mean, you have space, you can be creative. Exactly. So that's something around. that I do every day, you know, mm. that brings me into the abundance. And what I do weekly, every Saturday, like I said, it's my digital detox, but what I do, it's a money date. Mm. I created a date with money because when you think about it, the relationships in our life that works are the relationship we work on. So if you want to have more abundance and more money in your life, you got to create relationship with money. Mm-hmm. And it starts with acknowledging it, respecting it, loving it. Sometimes it's apologizing. When I started, and it's so funny because I just celebrated one year of dating with my money. <laughs> we started on July 28th last year. So how, how do you go on a date with your money? Oh, it's so much fun because, you know, I, I used to do it the, like the, the worst possible way. So I did all the mistakes. So now my clients and you don't have to do it. I did it the hard way. I brought my computer. I, I did like the spreadsheets and I start tracking yeah. and it sucks. It's like so sucking to sit there with the numbers and on your yeah. computer. No, no, no. So now I do it a fun way. What I do now, every Saturday I make like a snacks. I make cacao. I put, I put like on the floor, I put circle with candles and crystals and sage mm. and palo santo i put some music i have um it's funny i'll show you so i have a journal because um, i have it here so i have like a beautiful journal for my money where i write letters to money and then i have like a big journal where i write down my investments mm. you know like business groceries gotcha. uh, personal bills but this is something that i do in the end of the day because at the beginning at the beginning of the date, it's just a date. It's just like getting to know each other. So I write letter to money and I write down, how will I circulate the money when I have more than enough? Mm. And the most beautiful thing, a year ago, everything that I written as my uh, long-term goals achieved. Wow. Everything that I re- written down that I would do when I have more than enough money, I'm doing now. Besides, like, I want to buy a house to my grandma. I didn't get there yet, but everything else, that's kind of a little bit bigger. Um, I'm, I'm planning on next year, but uh, it's, it's beautiful. It works. When you work on the relationship, it works. So I, 
write down the appreciation letter to money. When I started, it was forgiveness letter to money because I was ignoring it and I was really treating it like a booty call. Now I want you, now I don't want you, now I need you, now I don't need you. And I was treating it as a stranger instead of like someone I love and care and respect. Because when we treat money as the thing, how do you think it feels? Because Mm. if everything is energy, it all comes around. So are you treating money the way you want to be treated? Two years ago, I didn't. I wouldn't want that. So I started to treat the money how I want to be treated. I write it letter every single week. I write down the abundance of the week. I have a, it's not here, it's in my kitchen, but I have like just a simple wall calendar. And every single day I write down there the income that comes. Sometimes it's daily, sometimes it's bi-daily, but I write all the income and then I sum it up in the week when I have my date and I say, thank you for the abundance of this week. Mm. And I write it all down. And then, go ahead. No, I was going to say, what do you think? I mean, all that stuff is great. And it reminds me of some of the biggest mistakes that people make with money that they don't really actually, like you said, I read this book by a Japanese author. God, I can't remember it, but it was all about your relationship with money and loving money and kind of having this um, courage to address your relationship with money. I think a lot of people, they don't have the courage to look at how they're using money, right? Yeah. Because money has a very visceral feeling in our heart. Like it's very related to our <clears throat> our self-confidence because your pattern of how you are in life is also how you behave with money, right? I mean, so usually people avoid looking at their you know, bank, yeah. bank statements or, you know, uh, looking at their credit card bills and all yeah. this stuff. And uh, how do you cultivate that that courage, that generosity, I guess, too? Being yeah. generous and, and, and being generous with yourself to be able to look at those things? The thing is that you get to make it fun. You know, mm. that's why I make it fun. That's why yeah. I make it like a date. Because usually we are Avoid excited the about dates. Make those later. <laughs> you know what? I don't do spreadsheets anymore. It doesn't yeah. work for me. Like my boyfriend, he's super analytical. Go for yeah. it, babe. It lights you up for me. Everything by hand. I have my wall calendar that I track income daily. Mm -hmm. Then I have my um, journal for money. And then I have my big square journal where I write down the investments that I did in my business and groceries and everything. So I just write it down. And when you do it weekly, it's not overwhelming. Like you haven't done it for six months. I never done Mm -hmm. it before. I did it maybe 40 years ago when I hired my first mentor. He told me like, look back in your accounts and I meet with like seven credit cards, right? So I'm like, wow. So it took me so much time. I'm like, this is exhausting. I never want to do it again. But if you do it weekly and you do it as a fun date then it's fun you prepare yourself you put some music you put your favorite snack your favorite drinks and it's like you enjoy it it's fun and my clients they say oh my god i'm actually looking forward to it when in your life you were actually looking forward to tapping in something in your spreadsheet so i make things pretty i make things fun because when there is a resistance you're not going to keep doing it when it's fun you will look forward to it and you rebuild and heal your relationship with money. And it's very important because it's not just about you. It's about your family. It's about your friends. It's about your clients. It's about the people that you will be impacting because now that I make more money, I can take care of more people. Mm. And the thing is that money, it's not like root of all evil. Money is just the amplifier. 
I am a good, generous person. When I have money, I give money. Like we've been in Bali, right? I invested two weeks of my time there. And with my boyfriend, we went and we were teaching kids English. We visited five different schools and we're teaching kids English. And I brought them computers, some clothes, all these things. Now monthly, I'm sending them money because I want to support them. It's I can and it's beautiful. And if I'm stuck in my small scarcity mindset, who do you think I'm helping? Because very often we do have the money, but we will spend it on things that we really don't need. Yeah, the flow is really what matters. I mean, I've met so many wealthy people that are, you know, just in scarcity mindset and they're trapped. They're trapped in their own, like you said, when you make 100K, there's going to be a million per month that you're going to want to make. And it just Mm -hmm. never ends. I mean, even look at Wall Street today. People are crazy wealthy and it's never enough, you know. So it's really about not having that stuckness in your finances, being able to have flow because that's yeah. where the abundance is at. That's where the, the, the living your life is in the flow. Absolutely. And you talk a lot about that. So what, is, what does that mean to you? Like the feminine flow? Um, I love that you. question. Uh, that you ask such a great question. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> for me, Thanks. feminine flow. So as I explained to you, I used to have like three side hustles and working so hard. And I'm coming from a place of being physically and mentally abused. So That means that when I was growing up, I was feeling unsafe. So I stepped into my masculine instead, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to protect, and I wanted to provide, and I wanted to fix, and I wanted to do. And I was just like so wired into going and doing and providing and just the focus and the strategies and the structure. But it was burning me out because you cannot have one without the other. It's really about the dance between masculine and feminine. None of them is bad. It's not good or bad. You need both. You need both in your life because if I'm only in my feminine flow, we're not sitting here because I didn't look at my schedule that something is happening. Right. You wouldn't be able to schedule anything with me. We wouldn't jump on a time. Like you wouldn't be able to reach me because I'm running in the park barefoot, you know? (laughs) which I do being one with the trees. That's okay. Yeah, I'm the tree hugger. So um, (coughs) we need to have a boat, but I was so much in my masculine and very many of the women that come to me, they're in their masculine because their thing, they have to work hard. They have to perform. They have to prove they have to validate, you know, and sometimes it's the wounded masculine and wounded feminine. It's not just black and white, but The feminine, it's the flow, the receiving, the slowing down, the nurturing, the loving. I was told when I was growing up, I'm too good. I'm too nurturing. People will take advantage of me. So what do you think that was happening? Three decades, people were taking advantage of me because that's what I expected, right? I'm good. People will take advantage of me. I'm good. Men will cheat on me. All of them did. So it's like self-fulfilling prophecy. So for me, being in my feminine flow, it's allowing myself to slow down. It's allowing myself being loving, nurturing, and receiving. I'm an amazing giver. I love giving. But if I don't receive, it's a half-booty job, right? Because it's, it's a whole circle. Because people are like, well, I feel uncomfortable. Like, just think about it. People, you give them compliment and they try to like turn it back or return it or they're not just able to say thank you. Yeah. To just accept it and surrender to the experience. That's the part of the abundance and the flow really. So it's, I allowed myself to disconnect, to reconnect with myself and to stay in my flow and knowing when I get to go and do the worksheets and, and connect with the world, and when I get to disconnect and go barefoot to the nature. Mm. 
What's one thing you think people can do, like just a simple exercise every day that they can kind of get out of that mask? Because we do live in a masculine-driven society. I mean, the West is all about conquering and, and progress and growth. And even honestly, I mean, this is one kind of point that I have a, a bit with, which is, you know, the whole personal growth industry is very masculine driven too, because there's this constant feeling uh, and don't get me wrong. I'm all about growth and learning, but I think that it's very easy to get diverted yeah. on the path, uh, especially with all the, the marketing right now and, and hustle. Let's go to the next event. Let's push it. You got to get that new Neville, get the new, you know, five steps to master your wealth. Like there's the new hack, you know, whatever. It's always something that's not enough that you have to conquer. And I think that, you know, part of that's good. Like you said, they're not good or bad, but I think it's so easy to get caught up in all that. You mm -hmm. know? So what do you, what would you suggest would be one thing that people could do to kind of do every day and just to kind of get into their feminine flow a little bit more? The one thing that really comes to me, the most important and that anyone can do it's reconnect with modern nature. You know, it's it's yeah. so beautiful when you go to nature, even if you can go just to the park or I'm like my, my house, like a little <laughs> jungle. Yeah, or that, but really reconnecting and go barefoot and reconnect with the ground. It's, it will remind you first the negative ions, right? It's going to make you feel so much better, but moving in the nature, going for a hike, going for a walk, going to the park, bring your book, slowing down, giving yourself the space to receive, right? Um, also realizing that you already are enough, that you already are receiving, you know? So writing yourself letters. What I love doing, it's writing letters for me from my future self. Mm. Because my future higher self, inner self, however you will call it, it knows. Your higher self, your future selves know. He already has the money. He already has the beautiful life. He already has everything. And he's in peace. He is in abundance. He's not in rush. He's not. He's calm. He knows. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to do anything. If I do, it's my choice. I do it by choice. So that's why I love reconnecting with my higher self. And I write a letter to myself and I say, Petya, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for taking Saturdays off, even if you feel like you should be working a little bit more. That's good. And, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so that's right, an achievement. Yeah. That's an achievement in today's world. It is. Honestly. And you know what? Like I'm so much more productive that way. I'm making oh, yeah, more money I than I ever done. So it's really not about working harder, but working when you're aligned and with mm. intention because you become a magnet. Just think about it. People who are frustrated, frantic, running around. I don't want to be around them. Yeah. Like, listen, think about Gary Vee. He's amazing, right? Yeah. And he has a lot of truth to say, and I get it, and it's great, but I don't want his life. I don't he also has a team of 30 people following him around. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, I, even if he doesn't have anyone following him around, I wouldn't want to live in his body and his yeah. frantic. Yeah. It's, it's, too it's much. another portrait of the life that I really want. So. Yeah slowing down going to nature reconnecting with what do you really you you what do you really want it's so important and also something um like the body love and i don't care if you're men or women body love it's so important it brings you back to the nurturing feminine it can be shower it can be bath it can be lotion it can be you know just shaving but something that you feel like you're doing for yourself for your body maybe mm -hmm. it's just essential oils but something that you're loving on your body i do it every morning it's like body love because I have my morning routine and then I take a shower or use lotions or something that it makes me feel good. 
When you feel good, you attract good. Again, you're becoming magnetic. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, what are you grateful for right now? Final question. <laughs> What's your, what are you uh, most grateful for right oh now? Oh my gosh, the list, it's like never ending. But I feel <laughs> like the most grateful right now that I am, it's my grandma. She's my best friend. She's my earth angel. And last, um, this past year, she was already three times in a hospital. And I started oh. to do... Um, healing protocol. I don't know if you know medical medium, mm. Anthony Williams. Oh, yeah, you know? I've heard of it. Yeah, I'm not too familiar, yeah. but I've heard of it. He's amazing. So I started just a few swaps in the way she's eating and drinking. Mm-hmm. And she is better than she has been in years within just three weeks. Wow. So it's, it's incredible. I'm really grateful for that, for the knowingness that everything comes to me at the perfect time, because you just can make it up. Like for me, it's the knowingness that everything I need comes to me the perfect time because last year I hosted my life event. And when I was deciding who am I going to invite as a speaker, I invited one of the guests on my podcast, Mm. Angie. I love her to life. She's such a sweet person, hypnotherapist and helping heal people. And we stay in touch as a friends for the year. And I told her, I'm thinking maybe next year, you know, like maybe I will think about baby, you know, and I'm vegan. So I want to connect with other women who are vegan. So she was like, oh my God, you got to talk to my friend, Amy. I jump on a call with Amy. She just pop a baby. I don't know. He's like, I don't understand babies yet but I think it's like three five six months something like that you know we start talking just about like just connecting and she told me like oh you should look at medical medium I was like what is that never heard of that in my life I'm like okay I will look because I love learning new things and I'm all about like holistic health I'm like obsessed with him it's 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 contrary to everything I've ever learned in my life like my fear of fruit from a fitness, don't eat fruit. My grandma, diabetic, don't eat fruit. Now I put her on three weeks diet of fruit and more life foods. Her sugar's lower than ever. Wow, that's She's crazy. She's almost on a normal. And she was, I don't know how is it here in America, but in Czech Republic, she used to have like when she measured her blood, 15 mm. or 20 units. Mm. Now she's on seven and a normal, it's 5.9. Oh, wow. So it's is it, incredible. Uh, A1C, hemoglobin A1C, or it must be a different measurement then or something? I think it's different measurement. I don't know how you do it, guys. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. it's 10 or something really. I, I don't know. But like she was on 15, which is really bad. And when wow. you're on 20, you have to give yourself shots. She didn't yeah, have to yeah, give yeah. shots, just the medication. But if it would continue going there, it's it's it was really bad. Like I said, she was in the hospital and the worst, she was giving up. So I'm really grateful that she is so open-minded and she will do whatever I tell her almost, <laughs> even unwillingly. Um, but it's, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. She's, she's everything to me. It's like my baby girl. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's such a gift to have your grandparents alive. I wish my grandparents were still alive. I bet they're still watching you. Yeah, they're, they're treasures. You know, they, they passed away when I was a little more, a lot more immature. <laughs> so... I wish uh, I wish they were still around, but yeah. that's awesome. Anything yeah. exciting coming up for you? Um, it's funny that you ask because tomorrow, tomorrow it's very exciting. I'm hosting um, Money Masterclass because mm. 
I'm like, let's stop just chatting about it. Let's start doing something about the money. So I'm hosting a masterclass, one hour masterclass, when I will teach people on how to create space in their life to bring in more money in as fast as three days. And you're doing that every month now or every week? Uh, this is something that I'm doing for the first time oh, okay. uh, because I really wanted to serve uh, people who really want to shift their mindset. And, you know, we do podcasts, we do posts and everything. It's, it's free and what people do with free stuff. They forget about it, right? Yeah. So I, I made it no brainer. It's just $37 for anyone who wants to join or just watch the replay. I do amazing recaps. So that's what I'm doing. And then on August 17, I'm launching my money mindset makeover. So we can change our mindset about money and bring in the abundance. So nice. those are two big things that are really exciting to me. Awesome. And people can sign up for that through your website, right? Yes, through my website or just on Instagram under my name, Petya Kolibova. And I know you will write it in the show notes because people will be like, oh, what? I will, I will no worries. What? <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with my friend Petia. You know, my goal with this interview was to help you see your own self-worth, to be unapologetically abundant, as Petia puts it so nicely. You know, believe that you are worthy, that you're worthy and deserve everything that you want and need in life without a reason, you know, unconditionally. Take this, you know, taking action is important, uh, but being also believing that you deserve the thing that you want, the, the outcome that you want. That's that's the key. And that's something that we can do right now. Action takes time and practice. And certainly we have to take action all the time. But we also have to evaluate our beliefs and what are we saying to ourselves on a daily basis. And that's something you can do right now. So I hope this episode inspired you with some tools, some curiosity. If you want to go check out Petia, it's www.petiapetiakolibova.com. Dot com or she's on Instagram with that name. I'll also link all the stuff in the show notes. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you if you found that this ring true for you or found anybody in your life that this can relate to. So you know self-worth is such a such a popular <laughs> problem. Unfortunately, you know, we all struggle with self-worth. So make sure you share it with them. Anybody that you know this is going to make a difference in their life. Let's not forget Maya Angelou's inspiring words today. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. You know, this quote is about what you say to other people, obviously. But for me, especially in terms of this episode, what it really meant is, you know, the, the only opinion that really matters in life is your own. What you say to yourself on a daily basis is going to determine how you feel, which is your confidence, your own self-worth, the things that you say to yourself in the mirror, all that stuff makes an impact. And if that is out of place and your confidence is suffering because of the things you say to yourself, then guess what? That's also going to trickle into your relationships and the things that you say to other people and how you make them feel. So we have to start with ourselves. We have to be worthy. We have to see ourselves as worthy and we have to be unapologetically abundant. Love that one. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you have an awesome, amazing rest of your day. Tune in on Tuesday for some Transformation Tuesday. And Friday, I interview Dean Dwyer. He's a fitness and mindset expert. We're going to talk about aging, the power of habits, how to leverage being consistent. Lots of really good stuff, so make sure you don't miss that. Until then, your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. 
For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.